Hello and welcome to this very last episode of season two of Stories for the Future. This will be a short one, as there is no guest and I have absolutely no idea how to fill a whole normal length episode all by myself. But I will do this. First, I will do some thinking out loud, reflecting on season two and why it turned out the way it did. And secondly, I will give you some ideas about what's to come in season three. So for the last time on this side of my short summer holiday, welcome and let's play the intro. You are listening to Stories for the Future season two. Stories about fixing our future and about big changes in career and life. Stories about being a beginner and daring not to always know the answer from the start. And stories about creating the best everyday life that we can. My name is Veslemøy Klavnes Berge and in this season I will be talking about connecting changes. I hope you will join me as I go out in the world and talk to people who are making positive changes for themselves, for other people and for the planet. Welcome! So my plan was to do this episode in June, but you know how it is, time flies not only before Christmas, and suddenly I realized it was already July. So what was supposed to be a before the summer episode will now be more like a in the middle of summer episode. Well, that also depends on what side of the planet you are. I have some listeners in parts of the world that are now in the middle of winter. And it's actually really interesting and very exciting to look at the statistics for the, for the podcast. I have listeners in... 45 different countries and 265 different cities. And maybe there's only one person listening in Bogota or Crowthorn or Sao Paulo or Birchiru or Mombasa or Dublin, Sanapur. There are actually some cities here I haven't even heard about before. So it's it's just um, one of the, the points about this season was I called it connecting changes. And that that's actually the point, uh, that I want to connect people doing amazing stuff around the globe and people changing the way we do things uh, and connecting them and get their stories out to listeners uh, on the other side of the planet. And that's also the reason why I had to do it in English, of course, uh, as not so many people understand Norwegian. And I have experienced firsthand myself how valuable it, it it can be to connect with people across borders. In so many ways, we are so alike. We have the same goals or so at least some of the same goals, more or less. We want to live good lives, we want to be safe, and we want to contribute in some way. And we want to feel connected. Uh, If that is to have a global network, our close family, our school, or a group of football supporters, very relevant these days, uh, that doesn't really matter as long as we feel like a part of something bigger. 
And what I have also discovered is that we have so much to gain from talking to each other and learning across borders, cultures and other labels that we might put on each other. So what happened in season two and why did I end up only having female guests? That was not my intention to start with, not at all. Um, I might have thought in episode eight that, okay, let's just finish this as an all-female season. But still, uh, I have I have wondered why it turned out that way. And of course, one of the reasons is that I'm a woman myself, so I, I know a lot of women. Uh, and it has to do with the networks that I picked my guests from, that they had a lot of women in them. I will come back to that. Uh, and maybe it has something to do with the connect, connecting changes uh, theme that I was on. Uh, maybe women are good at connecting with each other. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I will just briefly go through the the fabulous guests that I have had uh, through this season and try to f- maybe find some commonalities and what they have in common and why it just turned out the way it did. I started out with the brilliant Danielle Anderson. And I couldn't think of a better way to begin this season, which was all about big changes. She has traveled the world and lived in four different countries. And most of all, she has chosen her own path, left a lucrative career and is now helping entrepreneurs make good money doing what they love. Danielle is an American living in Kenya. My next guest was Anne Blunt, the season's first climate reality leader. And keywords for this conversation was purpose, partnerships, and fruitful connections. With her company Future Proof Your Business, she has a beautiful vision for the future that was actually commented by many after the episode. Anna is Finnish, but lives in England. Moving on to Caitlin Southwick from Key Culture. We talked about how we can bridge culture and sustainability and how culture institutions can be leaders towards a more sustainable future. They have created so many great tools that can be used not only by the culture sector, but by all kinds of businesses. Caitlin is an American living in Amsterdam. Then I had a chat with Eva Helene Rongskog from Satpus. And we talked about a topic that I find really fascinating, seaweed. (laughs) Seaweed is very interesting in itself, but maybe what I like most about this episode is how a company can change its course and start focusing on something which is really fit for the future, but use technology and skills from another sector. Building on the legacy of the oil industry, Satpos is changing direction and walking the talk, as Eva Helen says. Eva Helen is actually a Norwegian living in Norway. <laughs> I have a really strong feeling that the leaders of the future will not be copies of the leaders of yesterday or even today. It was really inspiring to talk with leadership coach Anna Liebel about passion and purpose in leadership. She explained to me the meaning by a leader's genius zone and how we can lead in alignment with our own values and personal strengths. Anna is a Ukrainian living in Iceland. With episode number 17, I started my little tour of Sweden. First Swede out was 
Kristina Karlmark, climate reality leader, sustainability expert, and a first class public speaker. We talked about urgency and how to communicate about climate change without paralyzing people. Her perspective from her long career in IT and telecom was also a very interesting element in this discussion. On partly the same note, I moved on to the next Swedish Wonder Woman, Frida Berry Eklund. Frida is a founder of global and national networks of parent-focused climate organizations, and we talked about the future of our children and how to talk to them about their worries and fears related to climate change, and much more. Then I went exploring with mountaineer and climate research explorer Karina Alquist, also from Sweden. Her stories from her expeditions and the reasons she has chosen this path was really inspiring. Her favorite quote still sticks with me. Do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. And finally, for the last two episodes, a a double one, I went home to Norway. Visual artist and designer Janne Robestad and I discussed why arts and crafts and, and culture in general is so important when we design our future. A really good way to end the season, and with all the work that Janne does globally, it felt like a good summary of a season called Connecting Changes. So, to summarize, nine different women, all of them what I would call global citizens in some way, all really dedicated to the reason why they are doing what they are doing, and maybe most of all, it is all about changing something, creating a new normal, a new way of doing and thinking. Six out of nine are climate reality leaders. You have heard me talk about this many times before, but this is a network I'm part of where I have met so many great people through the last couple of years. And the fact that I found so many interesting guests from this network is also one of the theories I have for why there were so many women. I'm part of quite a few different networks, nationally and globally, and they are all based on volunteering. That is, not many of the people there have that as their paid job. And what I have discovered is that around 70 to 80% of the people in these volunteer networks are women. I have actually counted and calculated it because I, I think it is really interesting and 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 I wonder why it is like this. And this goes for the, the climate parents groups that I'm part of, uh, the climate reality leaders, maybe a few more men there than the others, other sustainability networks, etc., etc. And the, the, the even funnier thing is that the minute I move, move to other um, meetings or gatherings which has to do with work uh, or people get paid to be there, there are maybe 70 to 80% men. Isn't that interesting? I think it is. And now I probably have to add that I'm at the moment working with a startup company uh, and it's in the space of uh, urban food production, city development, and uh, of course, sustainability. 
So, of course, it depends uh, on which sector we're talking about. But altogether, isn't it actually a problem that we have this very clear difference in gender, both on the volunteer scene and in the businesses and boardrooms? And in all the networks I have mentioned so far, there is high-level, really valuable work being done, informing, educating, influencing politicians and policymakers, building strategies, and so on. And at some point, people who are spending all their time on something where they have a deep expertise and also are really passionate about, they will have to make it financially sustainable at some point. And hopefully they will be able to do that. But it is a struggle most of the time. And as the work might seem be seen as what it started out as, volunteer work. So I won't accuse men to only focus on money and not being interested, interested to give of their free time. And if that was the case, maybe they are the ones being smart about it because they might avoid a burnout or two by not spreading themselves too thin, not spending hours and hours working on something just because they are so passionate about it, being a bit more cautious of not always raising their hand if there's a question about who wants to contribute for free. So no, I will not accuse anybody of anything, but I will tell you what I would like to change. Uh, I would definitely like more men to be part of volunteer groups or networks that are outside of work uh, and the financial uh, part of life uh, because they will offer a different set of perspectives that we need and I definitely think they would benefit from it themselves as well and the other thing I would like to change is the really low number of women in leadership positions and in boardrooms. We need more decisions uh, left in the hands of all the people passionate about changing the world for the better. And many of these are women and too few of them are in those positions, even in Norway. And I think in the Nordics, we are on top of that list that has to do with gender equality. This is absolutely a topic for another episode because I could talk so much about this. But did you know that about 1% of venture capital in Sweden, I think it's the same in Norway, went to companies founded by women? 1%. When we think about what will be important in the years to come, I think that is a really big reason to change the game. So the, the reason why I'm mentioning this fact at right now is of course that I'm at the moment in this startup world and uh, these things are on my radar uh, and I also bought this uh, book uh, just now called Mother of Invention How Good Ideas Get Ignored in an Economy Built for Men it's written by a woman called Katrin Marsal I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I will put the link for this book in the show notes. It's very interesting. For instance, did you know why the electric car didn't get much attention or attraction when it came out early in the history of the car? It was considered feminine, so it wasn't interesting. So that's one of the stories you get to hear in that book. 
So that was one of the theories, that the groups and the networks where I have found all my guests, guests this season has been dominated by women. Another theory is related to the topic, and I would say the topic for the whole podcast, but maybe especially for this season, and what I would call the five C's, connecting, collaborating, co-creating, changing, and caring. I can easily link all these words to all the nine women I have talked with in this season. And I believe these five verbs uh, might have a feminine ring to them. Going forward into the rest of an extremely important decade in human history, we have so much to fix. I strongly believe that these five C's, connecting, collaborating, co-creating, changing, and caring, will be much more important than words like competition, financial gain, strategy, and power, to name a few. I could dig so much deeper into these questions, but I will not do that now. That has to be another episode, and hopefully with a guest who could help me understand all the factors, because it's a very interesting topic. But what is absolutely true is this. Women and feminine values are extremely important for the future. So with that said, I can give you a hint about what I'm planning for season three. It will be the season of action. I want to talk to people with really tangible, measurable ways of changing the systems which are not working today. And I will still focus on the five C's. Connecting and collaborating is absolutely essential. And one of my goals is that when you listen to an episode, it will lead to a concrete action on your part. Either that you will do something yourself, get the wheels rolling, move the needle in some way, or that you will get in touch with one of my guests and that that again will lead to something. All the details for the season is, are not ready yet, but I have some very interesting guests in the pipeline. So now that I have given you some clues about what is to come in the fall, I would be very happy if you reached out to me. That is, if you have some thoughts about all the thinking out loud that I have been doing today, or if you have a great idea about who I could talk to in season three. It could be you, perhaps. As I said, it is the season of action, and whether you are a man or a woman, I would be very happy to hear from you. I'm not focusing on gender, I'm focusing on saving the planet. With everything that we have of creativity, skills and determination, I think. And I actually think we could have some fun while we are doing it as well. Should we call that a plan? I hope you agree. You can follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram. And of course, also follow the podcast wherever you do that. Until next time, have a great summer or winter if you are in Australia, for instance. And I will see you, see in air quotes, on the other side. Bye bye.